0: This is my Bible. It is the word of truth. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer, not just a hearer. I am humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I'm mature in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. If you got your Bibles, go to the book of Matthew chapter 25 and I'll be reading to you here in verse 14 and 15 from the New Living Translation. The Bible says again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. Somebody say a long trip. trip. Now before he went on the trip, look what he does. He called together his servants. Somebody say his servants. And entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Uh-huh. He called together his servant. Yes. And he gave them something that belonged to him. Yeah. That's right. But he trusted them with it while he was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Now look at this. He gave five bags of silver to one. Uh-huh. He gave two bags of silver to another. And one bag of silver to the left. Yeah, now, in this instance, they didn't have to chase the bag. Uh-huh, that's right. Come on, that's that's right. He gave them that's what he wanted them to. But he expected them to faithfully use what he gave them. Yeah, yeah. It didn't belong to them. It belonged to him. Yeah. And because it belonged to him, uh-huh. he could give it out how he saw fit. Right. But look what he did. Divided it in portion, proportion to their ability. Somebody said their abilities. Their abilities. Mm, mm, mm. Uh-huh. That's right. God knows your abilities. And whatever he give you to do, he already know you can do it. Because he know y'all. He's not going to put something on you that is beyond y'all. He will be unjust and unfair if he put something on you that was be beyond y'all. So some of you got abilities that you are not good stewards because he gave you according to your in 2023, you just need to find out what your abilities are and then do what God gave you. And the Bible says he left and went on his trip, amen? Well, you may be seated. We're going somewhere. Let me start by saying Happy New Year to all those of you in the house online. And, and we want to thank God for giving us the grace and favor to bring us into another year. Amen. Amen. And we know that this has been a trying year for many, but uh, last year has been a trying year for many. But we know that there are some, even now, who are going through the trials and troubles and challenges of life as we speak. So we just ask that God will be a God of all comfort for those who may be dealing with the loss of a loved one during this time of the year. I want to give a special shout out to the ministers who stood in the gap for the past month, Minister Latham, Minister Hill, Minister Gallatin, Minister Adrian Daniels. I want to thank you all so very much for doing what God has called you to do. Amen? Amen. Now today we're going to start a series that uh, fall in line with our theme, the year of great Stewardship. Y'all, don't let that word stewardship throw you off. I'm going to get there in a minute. And my objective is to inspire and encourage you to embrace your stewardship responsibility. Somebody say responsibility. Responsibility. As you worship and serve the Lord in your home, on your job, in the community, in your social circles, and even in the church. Now, stewardship or steward is someone who oversees or manages to the and manage the property of another. In other words, someone else owns what you're taking care of. Amen? Amen. Stewardship is a sacred trust, a commission, or a charge. It is when someone has delegated responsibility to you to manage something that belongs to them. Now, as Christians, we have the responsibility to faithfully fulfill our God-given ministry, particularly in proclaiming the gospel. But the broader doctrine and comprehensive view of stewardship shows that Christians have the responsibility to faithfully use their personal talents, talking about natural and spiritual, their time and their possession, and to see those things as divine entrustments from the God that you serve. And you're supposed to use those things to serve both God and man. See, Christian stewardship properly recognizes that all human time, abilities, and possessions, including the earth and its contents, is on consignment to man from God. Therefore, we have the responsibility to manage all the resources of life for the glory of God, acknowledging him as the owner and provider of all. Now, in short, we must true to believe that it all belongs to God because if you don't believe it all belongs to God then you're going to handle it like it belongs to and when you handle and manage something like it belongs to you you may not be managing it the way that the owner intended therefore it's important whether you want to receive this in your spirit or in your natural mind that you got to believe that everything belongs to See, if you can't believe that, you ain't going to buy into stewardship. Amen. Now, Now, let me briefly share with you four characteristics of a good steward. A good steward and good stewards are constructive and productive. Their constructive work builds up and edifies God's kingdom and yields favorable results unto the Lord. So they are both constructive and productive. God expects you to build up, but he also expects you to produce something. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go on somewhere, words. Y'all just stay with me. A good steward practice conservation. Yeah. Yeah. They don't waste the resources that God has blessed them with. And see, I can assure you that most of us wasted a lot in 2022. Yeah. We bought too much, cooked too much. Throw away t- too much. Yeah. Wasted money on stuff that we didn't really. Saw somebody else with it we just had to. Yeah. 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 You had 12 pair already, now you want 13. Yeah. 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 A good steward. I'm talking to myself. A, a good steward Practice conservation. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So in 2023, We need to look at our lives and see where we're wasting our time and our money and our resources as we do what God has called us to do. Amen. Amen. See, you know, I walk every day, and you know me, man, I'll stop and pick up a penny. And you know, some inside of me will say, hey, man, that's a penny. But it has value. And so when you don't see things as having value, you have a tendency to waste. Especially if it don't belong to you. Oh, let me move on right there. A good steward and a good steward are reliable. They work as one who who is accountable for everything that they have been entrusted. They're reliable. Number four, a good steward Good stewards are faithful. In other words, they remain loyal and committed as they carry out their entrusted responsibility. Amen. Therefore, good stewards don't waste their time, neglect their talents or gifts, and they don't squander the resources that God has blessed them with. Amen. Amen. Is the stores open today or is it tomorrow? See, it's going to be some squandering here right after church. Because some people are going to be trying to catch some white sales that they don't really need to. I, I just want to put something on your mind. I ain't trying to stop you from going. I'm just trying to say, ask you, do you really need it before you waste your money? Just because it's on sale don't mean it's a good deal to you. I don't know how I got there, let me just go on. (laughs) Get this, those of you who supervise people or manage programs and projects, believe it or not, you're acting as stewards because you're handling something or someone that belongs or has been entrusted to you or to your care by another. In other words, how many of you work out on the base, got a job, and you supervise a project or a program? You got a program under your project? Anybody? Okay. Somebody entrusted you with that project or that program. And they have an expectation that you're going to do what is required for that project to be successful. And in order for that to happen, you got to be a good steward. Whether you're the manager of the project or whether you're the lowest guy in the supply house passing out tools. You ought to be a good steward, Major, over the tools that you got to pass out. That's right. So that when the crew chief bring the tools back, if he's missing one, you ought to catch it. it? it? You shouldn't say, oh, he got 99. Well, I guess that screwdriver just don't matter. Well. But what if it's sitting in an engine on a plane? Well. So stewardship is something that you shouldn't take lightly. Though you have families, you have the responsibility for your children. You're supposed to be good stewards over what God has entrusted to you. Until they reach the age of accountability, they're your responsibility. Not the schools, not the lawman, yours. But because we fail in stewardship of our children, we pass them on to teachers who can't handle them. If you can't handle it, Johnny, how's the teacher going? I'm just talking about stewardship because as long as we're just talking, you know, in generic terms, it don't touch nobody. But what this stewardship touch every aspect of your, your life? Therefore, we ought to serve with distinction. Amen. We ought to serve at a level of excellence that set us apart from others. Amen. Amen. And when you do that, you know, I remember in all our decoration that used to end with something like the distinctive accomplishments of such and such, such and such reflects credit upon Uh all those EPRs or or decorations end with with that little statement. Why? Because they're telling that person you distinguish yourself above everybody. You can't be a good steward and be average. I know we got some people who have settled for average. But the praise team wasn't average this morning. Amen. Amen. Now, they don't set the bar pretty high for 2023. Yeah. Yeah. So now that the bar has been set, they got to be good stewards over that every week. Yeah. That energy got to show up. Yeah. Amen. Amen because God has showed us it's already in us. We just need to come willing to let out what is already. Oh God, go to Genesis chapter one real quick. And, and Brother God had talked about this a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not going to elaborate on this too long, but I just want to talk a little bit about the, the history of creation and show that, you know, God created everything and on the sixth day after he had created all other things he created man. And, and here in verses 26 and 27 of chapter 1, lets us know that God created man in his own image. Look at this. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image. To be like ourselves. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on earth. The small animals that scurry along the ground. So man was to have dominion over everything. But man didn't create nothing. God created and then he entrusted it to and he expected man to be a good steward over his creation. So God created human beings in his own image and in the image of God he created them male and female he created them. And when you skip down to chapter 2 after, see, that was a spiritual transaction there. Adam wasn't well, physically formed till later. When God formed the material part of man, what was there was the spirit, the invisible part, the essence of God that was with God was with man when he created man in spirit. Amen. Then he put man, you know, and took a mound of dirt and created man from the ground. And from man he brought war man. And then when man was in the garden, in verse 15, he says this, of chapter 2. He says, then the Lord took, Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over. The man didn't own the garden. <laughs> but it was his job to take care of what God had, create, God had created. You don't own your job, Amen. the US government does, but they have entrusted you to take care of that part that they've given you, Amen. and they expect you to do it with excellence. Amen. Didn't we used to say that in the Alport? Integrity, first. service, before self, yeah. and excellence and they had an expectation. So I'm telling you that if God has entrusted something to you, he hasn't. He has an expectation. Yeah. Amen. Does it making any sense to everybody? Yeah. Now look at this. And so God gave man his first job, and that job was to take care of the garden. Now some people, that's why there are some people who are avid conservationists. They come unglued when you cut down a tree. Because in their mind, God created everything, and he didn't intend for man to destroy the earth by cutting down all the trees. God created an ecosystem that everything builds upon everything else, and everything needs all the other parts to survive. But because you're not a conservationist, you can care less when buildings go up, and cities go up, and they cut down all the trees. But there's somebody out there saying, God gave me a spirit To be concerned about a tree. So when you see that person doing that, don't laugh at them. They're just trying to be good. I know y'all don't see it that way. If you can't be a steward over the tree, be one over your children. Be one over the job that you got. Be a good steward over the troops that work for you. Because God has entrusted those people into your care, and he has an expectation. Now go to Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39 Joseph's life situation and circumstances revealed to us that you can be a good steward in a less than favorable condition. Joseph had been sold into slavery by his own brothers. And once he the slave traders got him, they took him to Egypt, where he was purchased by Potiphar, who was an officer in Pharaoh's army. An officer of Pharaoh. But because Joseph was confident that the Lord was with him, he served with distinction in spite of his life situation. Amen. You know, he could have went back and said, man, no good brothers of mine. They you know, got jealous of me because I had a dream. One of them want, all of them wanted to kill me but one. And when they then started not to kill me, they're going to sell me to these Ishmaelites. Yeah. Sell me. You know, the more I look at slave movies, the more I find out that it was us selling us. I ain't saying the folks who were buying us were wrong, but I'm saying us got to take the blame for some of what us did. And so what I'm trying to tell you, sometimes when you're in a situation that you don't particularly care for, you're going to have to still be a good steward in that situation. Because God expects you to represent him in a way that brings glory and honor to him. Y'all in Genesis 39, look at this. It says, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelites, traders." and I, mean, I wish I had time to talk to you about the Ishmaelites, you know. Y'all ought to know that name, Ishmael. uh uh-huh. Abraham, Isaac, you know, Jacob. But then Ishmael was kind of born before Isaac. Was living all right till he got sassy at home Uh when Isaac was born. And him and his mama get kicked out. But because they were kicked out of Abraham's life don't mean God destroyed them. So apparently he had some kinfolk who were slave traders. The Ishmaelite sl- traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of God of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now look at this. Verse 2 says, The Lord was with Joseph. Somebody said, Lord, with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of the Egypt- his Egyptian master. Somebody said, master. Now, there were two types of slaves normally that you ended up with during that time. One, if you were a slave of war because you lost the battle, then now you're enslaved. Then these type slaves that end up in people house were called domestic slaves. It still was a lousy job to take care of other folks' stuff. But it's better than being a, you know, breaking rocks type slave because you lost the war. So he was sold to his master an Egyptian. Now Joseph could have said because I'm just a servant I ain't going to give him my best. I'm going to do just enough to get I don't want to be here anyway. My brothers you know, sold me into this situation but in that situation God still had an expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Bible said the Lord was with him. Now look at this. Potiphar noticed this that God was with Joseph And realize that the Lord with Joseph giving him success in every... Somebody say everything. Everything. The Bible say everything he did was successful. Now I'm going to give us the benefit of the doubt. You may only get that 8 out of 10 times. But that you shouldn't be successful only 4 out of 10 if God is on your side. Your odds ought to be better when you're trying to do something with God on your side than when you're trying to do things by yourself. So the Bible says that God gave him success in everything he did as he served in the house of his Egyptian master. So that means if Joseph was successful, by default, his master was. Now look at this. Verse 3, Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Look at this. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him, somebody say, in charge. In charge of his entire household and everything he, he done put in the hands of a slave. The only thing that he held back was his wife and the food he ate. Yeah. Everything else, Joseph took care of. Yeah. Joseph took care of his finances, ran his business, ran everything. Amen. And you know what? When Joseph ran it, he ran it like it was his. Oh. And he ran it so that it would be... so. Suc- yeah. yeah. he, he didn't go ahead and say, well, this don't, you know, this is the government... Project and program? No, it's yours. It ain't the government. You just working for the government. It's yours. And while it's yours, you need to be so. Why in the world do we have so many subpar Christians working on projects and programs that belong to somebody? The government ought to prosper because of you. you think said me? Those of you who do not retire, maybe we got too many retirees in here. But I ain't working with them no more. The, gov- the government should have prospered under your watch. You should have left them in better shape than you found them. Why? Because you was a good steward over what was entrusted to you for your 20 years or 30 years or however long you sir. Now, this thing pleased Potiphar, so when he made him his personal tenant, look at this. From that day, Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, and the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for, jo- for whose sake? Man, you know you got it going on when other people can be blessed just because they know you. Because you walk in so much favor with God, people are blessed just because they... Not for their sake, but for... God wants to channel something through you to somebody else. He's blessing your faithfulness, but because of your faithfulness, other people are... If you're a good steward over your family, your children ought to be blessed because of you. You ought to be able to channel that on down them so that when they get of age and have children, they will be good stewards over their children just like you were good Amen. stewards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. And all his household affairs ran smooth. Somebody said ran smoothly. I couldn't skip that word smoothly, brother Herb because the Bible put in that to describe something, because certain things don't always run. You can tell how good of a steward you are based upon whether what you run and run. If your household ain't running, you better go check your stewardship, because God wanted to run. If your job ain't running, You better go and check yourself. Because God intended for it to run. If you're in a social organization and you got some role in that and it ain't running you need to find out who the stewards are. Because it's supposed to run and his crops and livestock flourished. In other words, whatever you put your hands to, ought to prosper, Amen. because you're good. Amen. Now look at this, verse six. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't have to worry about a. With Robin in that credit union. I shouldn't have to worry about her. Amen. The president of the credit union shouldn't have to worry about her. Amen. Why? Because she's supposed to be a good. Man, don't you know if you're working for someone, uh, no matter where you fall in the chain, and a person say, man, long as you on the job, I don't have to worry. Obviously, that can't be said about everybody, but it should be said about every Christian. Because you know and understand what God expects of you as a steward. So the, man, the Bible says, he didn't worry about a... And I hear the young folks say that all the time, no worries, no worries, no worries. And that's just faddish now, no worries. I, I wonder what they're talking about. I and mean, you know, I wouldn't that. I mean, no worries. Because, so, you know, no worries. No worries I mean everything is going. So I'm assuming that anytime time someone tells me, hey, no worries, they tell them, hey, it's going. Pastor, you ain't got to worry about her. You know, your children, when they get of age, they ought to be doing certain things. And they say, mom, dad, you ain't got to worry about her. The lesson that you have been teaching me over life, throughout life, I got it and I'm applying it to my life. You ain't got to worry about her. So because Joseph was there, he didn't worry about a thing except the kind of food he ate. Man, boy, that, would be, boy, that's the, boy, that was the only thing you had to worry about in life. Just, man, just give me some hot dogs or some veggie burgers and I'll be happy. Just take away all the rest of this stuff. You know, just like worry about is the veggie burger that I'm going to eat. That's a good place to be. At. You know, if your boss all they got to worry about, what is he going to eat for lunch today? I can go to lunch in. And... Because Robin is on the. Now, look at this. I don't know why the Bible had to add this in here to mess up the flow. Because I was flowing pretty good until he put in here that Joseph was very handsome and a well-built young man. The Bible went out of his way to let us know that in addition to Joseph being a steward, Marvin, he wasn't just no any kind of steward, he was good looking. That's right. That's right. You know, by the day standing Joseph, I guess he'd be fine. Right. And now look at this. All beauty ain't the same. There are some people that just fine. Y'all ain't gotta say, man, I said it for you. There are some people just that's, that's gifted with beauty. They don't have to try. They don't have to make this up, make that up. They just gifted with beauty. But what I want to share with you is that just because you've been gifted with it, God expects you to be a good steward over your Because your beauty could be a trap. Your beauty could draw things to you that don't belong to you and that you don't need. So even though you're walking around and you look good, you better be a good steward over your good. (laughs) How some folks don't care that you married. As long as you look. And so now God is saying, you got to be a good steward over your looks. Because for average people, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. To a hippopotamus, another hippopotamus looks good. And to human beings, another human being, may look good. But there are some people that just gifted. I can say, I'm not one of them. You know I ain't one of them. I ain't talking about myself right here. I'm definitely not talking about myself right here. You know, y'all get pictures in your mind when y'all think of gifted. So, because Joseph was very handsome and well-built, part of the wife soon began to look at him lustfully the very thing that was withheld from him, that he didn't have no stewardship over him wanted him. All because of the way he she came you know and said she wanted to sleep with him and she demanded it. She demanded it but because of Joseph's character, he refused to look. See? But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master, somebody said, trust me. trust me. My master trusts me with everything in his entire household. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I can't betray my master's trust, but beyond that, I serve a master that you don't see. Amen. That even though my natural master here on the earth don't catch us, the one that you don't see will see us. In my sin is not against my natural master my sin is going to be against the invisible now so now look at this no one verse 9 no one here has more authority than I do he has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife how could I do such a wicked thing it would be a great sin against who? Amen. Yeah, amen. He didn't say my master. That's right. He said it'd be against God. Amen. And so what Joseph did, he had to be a good steward even when it came to his master's wife. Yeah, now, the girl was persistent. You know, sometimes people will chase your beauty. You better be you know, grounded in your relationship with God when you're good looking. People will value your looks and sometimes they'll chase after you and don't know who you belong to. They ain't got no desire to get to know you. They just want what they... They just want what they see. And so when you fail to realize that you could be a bad steward over something that God said was true. Amen. Amen. So Joseph fought off. One day, if he caught him by himself, her, by she grabbed hold to the boy. You know, you know, she persisted. But when Joseph broke away, he left some. she held on to a piece of evidence that could prove he was at the scene of a potential crime. And so, when that happened, not being able to handle rejection, she went and said, hey, you done brought this Hebrew here to rape me. And this was a man that was in charge of Everything. Now he's being falsely. And guess what? Master gonna side with his. Abraham side with his wife. Adam, just you know, chose his wife's side. Amen. So brothers, have the lesson, and ladies, have the lesson. Now we have a tendency to side with you. You just got to treat us right. It's built into us to side with. These men knew what God said. Adam knew what God said. Abraham knew what God said. But he still sided with his... Don't diminish your role as a steward over your house. Let me move on. So now, Joseph ended up in Pharaoh's prison. And another opportunity for Joseph to get caught up and say, man, woe is me. Brothers done sold me into slavery. My master's wife get me in trouble with my master who really cared for me and loved me. But because he had to side with her, now I end up in the real big house. I end up in Pharaoh's prison. But guess what? It don't make no difference where you end up in life. It's who, who's with you when you're in that situation. Joseph was out of the touch of his natural father because he was sold from his family. But he was still in communion with his heavenly. And wherever he went, he found favor with God and, and man. So now look at this, and I'm in verse 21 through 23 real quick. In, in chapter 39, he said, now look, Joseph is in prison. Now I say, look at this. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison, and he showed him his faithful love. Even while he was in prison, falsely accused, God still loved him. Amen. And then he says, and the Lord made Joseph a favorite yeah. with the prison warden. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm in prison accused falsely, but because God is on my side, He has allowed me to find favor, not with just the guy who watched my cell, but now I'm in favor with the guy who runs this joint. Yeah. The head man is in charge of found. Yeah. And look at this. When you find favor with the person in charge of your organization before long. They're going to take notice of you. I don't care if you are a fry flipper, a tosser at Burger King. If you do it with distinction and you do it better than everybody else, the guy who runs the joint is going to take notice of you. He's going to notice that your fries ain't as hard as everybody else. That you take a taste and you sample your before you put them out. And if they ain't right, you'll throw them rastling away and come up with another batch. And he don't mind taking a loss because people going to come back for your good fries versus that hard one somebody else gave me that cracked my crown. You know, this is French fries. Does that, that mean that that person wasn't a good? They didn't take their job serious. And so what I'm trying to tell you, don't let the job that you have determine your stewardship. Joseph was in prison again and guess what? He found favor still because God was with him. Take God to that job that you don't like and do that job that you don't like to the best of your so that God will be glorified. And if you do that to the best of your ability and God is glorified, then God will bless you for your faithfulness. Y'all better hear me today. He says, "Before long, the warden put Joseph, somebody say, in charge, in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison." Now look at this. There, that word again. The warden had no worries, no more words. no. Which means that things must not been running smooth before Joe got there. But when Joseph gets there, the warden now has no more. Good God Almighty, you done walked into a job that was jacked up when they hired you. They know it was messed up. And they hired you. But about three months into it, the boss ain't got no more. Because you went in there and you served with distinction and you made a difference in a job that nobody else So no matter where you find yourself in life, realize that you're a steward over something and God expects you to be a good steward over it, even though the conditions may not always be Lord. He said, now look, the one had no worries, no more worries, because Joseph took care of... It, it, it. <laughs> I would have loved to see what Joseph's job description looked like. Amen. Amen. I mean in order to take care of everything you got to be doing something that ain't even written. Right. We're living in a time now if I can't find it right and I ain't doing it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But I'm trying to tell you that every now and then you're gonna have to see some things that need to be done, even though. I, I know it don't make sense to our natural man because, hey, that, that is not the way it's supposed to work, but I'm trying to tell you God will honor you for doing that. And it's God that you wanna make sure that you are being a good steward with because He is owner of everything. Even that no good job that you don't like. And look at this. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. There's a the pattern you see here that when people are faithful in their stewardship that they have the potential for you to be successful. If you do the things that's required to be a good steward then God is saying you will be successful. Some of your Bibles say prosper. That all just means that you're going to be successful. Even if you're managing a project on the base, man, I don't care if it's a $1,000 project or a $1.5 million project. The, you ought to want to be successful. I don't care if you ain't got but one child or you got 15. Man, you ought to want to be successful as a parent. You ought to believe that God can look down on you and say, man, I have no words that by those children that being raised in that house. I can go somewhere else now because I have no words. I know y'all ain't gonna get that. I know y'all ain't gonna get that because this thing comes. See, stewardship ain't gonna make you shout right now. I had to bring the choir because so why don't y'all come back and do that song again? We'll get back in the shouting and dancing movie in a minute. But stewardship ain't gonna make a shout right now. That like that because because now it is making us evaluate whether or not we're doing what God has called us to do to the best of our ability. Amen. Man. My own personal testimony, just, just a little, little testimony. I mean, cause I'm I, I try to be a of everything. Went out, you know, for Christmas just you know decided that want to splurge a little bit, have somebody. You know, I ain't never had nobody cater no dinner for me, but you know for Christmas they said let's cater. Okay, so we pay X number hundred dollars to have meals cater, and a week later half of the stuff in there been to be thrown away. In my mind, Uh every time I open that trash can up, that's $150 right there. Because I want to be a good... (laughs) I ain't the only one that gonna be throwing away some stuff tomorrow. Y'all gonna be throwing away some stuff too. You wasn't a good steward. You cooked too much and then after one day you didn't believe in leftovers. You, you didn't believe in conservation. When Jesus fed the 5,000 after he got through feeding he collected what was left so that nothing would go to every time you waste something you're not being a good Whether it's your time, your money, or your talents, I'm I'm done. Let's go to Daniel real quick. Daniel chapter 6. The book of Daniel chapter 6. Again, another situation where someone is in bondage. And they have an opportunity to distinguish themselves. Daniel was in, in bondage in Babylon after the Babylonians had besieged Jerusalem. And he found himself like Joseph. You know, Joseph found favor with Pharaoh. You know, Daniel found favor with the king. Joseph found favor because he could interpret dreams. Daniel could interpret dreams. Joseph's interpretation of a dream saved the nation, saved his family, because Joseph came up with an economic plan that would save one-fifth of all the grain for seven years. Sound like good economics. You know, right now, America, people in striving. Times are getting flaky. You know that money you used to get for 0% interest for your car or whatever, now it's 5%, 7%. That credit card that used to be little or nothing is now 30%. So, so what that is telling us is that, hey, we're living in a time where we need to be good stewards and we need to know how to conserve what God has So, so Daniel was in a kingdom that had grown, and Darius had become the leader. And what he decided to do was to appoint leaders over the different provinces because the kingdom was so big. So look at this. And in this, we're going to see that even though Daniel was a servant, a slave, he had already found favor before because he had interpreted some dreams. But look at this. He says, Darius the Mede decided to divide him. I'm in chapter 6 of Daniel the kingdom, into 120 provinces. And he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. So we'll call those governors. So he had 120 provinces, put 120 governors over, but then he also decided this. The king also chose Daniel and two other as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect his king's, the king's interests. When you are put in charge of something, you are protecting someone else. Obviously, there there was some bad things going on in the kingdom where they may have been taking money, stealing, not doing their job properly. So, therefore, he said, okay, I put the governors over them, but that still ain't working. So, now I'm going to take three other individuals and put them over the governor. So, each one of them was responsible for 40 governors. Y'all following the story so far? Because the king wanted to make sure that somebody was going to protect his. You serve a king. And are you doing your best to protect his? God has entrusted you with something. And are you doing your best to protect his? Or are you being negligent in carrying out your stewardship because you don't see his interest as yours? So your king wants somebody to protect his interests. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And part of that job is ours. Amen. We are his resources in the earth that is here to protect his. Amen. We ought to have a say-so. We ought to have an influence on the things that go on in the world because we're here to protect his. Amen. Verse 3, look at this. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel, somebody said, great ability. Great ability. You know, we saw earlier that your abilities are given to you by God, and He already knows what you're capable of doing. Yeah. Some of you are sitting on great abilities that God has given you. And your abilities are supposed to rise to the top so that they distinguish you from everybody. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made no plans. made plans to place him over the, in, somebody say entire. Empire. The entire empire. Yeah. Now look at it, you just think about that in the natural. Uh-huh. If you ain't got the Holy Spirit on you and inside you and leading you, you don't want that. Because yeah. with that, don't come and share of haters. in addition to all the responsibility you're going to get, there are going to be some other folks that they're going to say, how did this Hebrew this boy was a slave? How did he get to the point where the king is about to put him over the entire empire? The king just had a he was making plans. Then look what happened. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching. Somebody said searcher. You know, when you start moving up, are going to be some investigative reporters on your trail. When God starts to elevate you to a place where other people may want to go, on your job, in your position, wherever, Then there are going to be some other people out there searching for ways to keep you from going where God has ordained for you to go. Ah, Y'all better get this today. I know I'm slowing down right, but this is the last scripture. Then the other administrators and how officers began searching for some fault in in the way that Daniel was handling government affairs. Man, we, we gotta find out that this dude doing something wrong. He's stealing, he gotta be doing something. He, he can't be doing everything right. Nobody can be doing everything right. He can't be that good of a steward. We need to find some reason to go back to the king and say, you don't want to put this Hebrew in charge of all your kingdom, man. This dude stealing from you. This dude lazy. He ain't doing this. He ain't doing that. She ain't done. You don't you don't want this dude. You don't want this dude in charge. You, you just don't want this dude. You can go out there and get anybody get one of us. You don't want this dude to charge your whole kingdom. But the king saw something that everybody else didn't see. And when the king saw it, he decided, I'm going to put him in charge. Y'all gonna hear me today. I'm going to put him in charge. I don't care what his racial background is, his ethnic group is, I don't care. All I know is he know how to protect my He can protect my interest. And so the boy's trying to find something on him because they want to discredit him with the king. <laughs> but the Bible says they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn him. Why? Because one, he had some things working for him, brother Heard. One, he was faithful. He was always res- responsible and he was completely who don't want somebody like that working for them who don't want somebody that that over their properties, over their affairs handling their business, why? because you can trust them, they're faithful they're going to stay on task and do what they've been assigned to do, why? because they realize it don't belong to them, they're just a steward of what somebody else has given them, and so therefore I'm doing this as unto them in all you do, in all things, and everything that you do, you do it as unto the Lord and not unto man. Because when you do it unto man, you'll fall short of your Man will upset you sometimes. Man will say some things about you. Man will do some things to you. But you're not doing what you're doing for mankind. You're doing it because God assigned you to And if you do it with the intent to please God, God will bless you. I'm done. Look here. They couldn't find nothing wrong with him because he was trustworthy, because he was loyal, lawyer, because he was faithful to what he'd been doing. So guess what they said? Look here. The only way we're going to get this boy, we're going to have to come against something that he believed in with his God. So this is how the enemy scheme on you. Let's go to the king and tell the king to put a decree in that for the next 30 days nobody can pray to any other God but to him. All prayers got to be devoted and aimed at the king. Now they know that Daniel saw that his lawyers had lied with his earthly king because he was a steward. But he had a king sitting in a higher place that he had to answer to. And so they knew that Daniel would not stop praying. Oh, y'all better hear me today. They knew that he would not stop praying. And so when the decree came out, because of the Medes and the Persians were the way they were, once you sign something in the law, you could not change it. The king found favor with Daniel. But when they lied on him and Daniel didn't bow down, Daniel ended up in the lion's den. Why? Because the king, now the king didn't want Daniel to die, but he couldn't go back on his de- decree. But Daniel was not depending on the earthly king when he was in the lion's den. He was dependent on the king of kings and the Lord of law and the Lord of glory. And look here, when the lion was supposed to have devoured Daniel, the lion looked at him and said, hey, that ain't what I want to eat today. (laughs) That that is not on my menu today. And guess what? While Daniel was in the lion's den, guess what the king was doing? At home praying. I couldn't go back on my decree. But I'm a heathen king, and now I'm finna to start praying to his God, that his God will look out for him in that lion den that I put him in. And when the next day came, the king couldn't wait to get down there to see what happened to Daniel. And when he get there, he Daniel sitting over there, him and the lion just having a powwow together. You know him and you know the lion like that. Daniel is the world's greatest lion tamer. You know cause no trainer and all that. Look here. The lion sitting there with Daniel. Everything belonged to God. So because of that I'm just foolish enough to believe that God spoke to that lion and said hey I know in your normal habitat you probably eat him. But guess what? He belonged to me. And because he belonged to me and you belong to me for the, for the next 24 hours you're going to have to just shut your <laughs> So I just want to inspire you this year. Be a good steward over what God has blessed you with. If you got a talent if you got a gift, if you got the ability that God has given you, use them to his glory. And if you do that, God will bless you. Because you're going to come up on some haters and some lions in 2023. But if you got God on your side, you call your stewardship record as a witness. When things come against you, God, look back at what I have done for. I'm done. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Give him some praise. Give him some praise. Hallelujah. 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 God, we want to be good stewards over what you've blessed us with. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Glory to your name, God. Don't let our position or our station in life, if they're not favorable conditions or favorable station, don't let that hinder our stewardship. Let us continue to be good stewards. In spite of our circumstances, in spite of our circumstances and situations, let us pray. Eternal God our Father, we honor you and give you thanks on today. We thank you for your word that's going forth. And now, God, we come in and just ask for salvation. If there's anyone here, online, and you want to give your life to the Lord, I ask you to just please raise your hand. Or if you would, just send us a, an instant message to let us know. and We'll have someone to get in touch with you. If you want to give your life to the Lord, you want to say, yes, Lord, I want to make Jesus... Christ, my lord and my savior and I want to enter into his kingdom so I can be a good steward of what he has blessed me with please raise your hand please raise your hand I see no hands my second appeal is for new members if you're here and you're looking for a church home or even if you're online and you're looking for a church home truly it'll be an honor and a privilege to have you as a member of this body if that is your desire I would ask that you please raise your hand this time or again, send us a message if that is your desire online. Please do so at this time. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Someone will get with you. My third appeal is for the Holy Spirit. If you're here and you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues, Had nothing to do with your salvation, it's a gift from God. If that is something that you want to know more about, something that you desire to have, please raise your hand. We have members that will share some literature with you, pray with you, and believe that God will bless you if that is your desire. So please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. See no hands? Then it's our altar time. This being the first Sunday of the year, we're going to do things a little different, so I want to invite all to come to the altar this time, if you will. I want Minister Latham, if he would, to get a mic. And I just want him to lift up the congregation, whether you're in the house or online. Pray that God would open our hearts and our minds up to be good stewards over the things that He has entrusted into our hands. Later on, you're going to find out that all stewards got to give an account one day. There's going to be a day of accountability. And when we stand before the Lord, we want to stand with the confidence to know that we've done our best with what he's blessed us with. I told you in the beginning, he gave you according to your abilities. Not your wife's abilities, not your husband's abilities, not your children. Your abilities. God already knows what you're able to do. You just need to be a good steward of what he's already revealed to you. Don't make this mysterious. This is not a mystery. You already know it. He called his servants before them and told them what he was going to give them. God is not withholding what he wants you to do from you. You don't need some supernatural angel to come down and tell you what you already know God has blessed you to do. We make stewardship too hard sometimes. And God has already entrusted it to you. Now you just need to trust him and do what he has assigned for you to do. You're not in competition with anybody but you. So don't look to your right, your left. You may be the one that only got two and somebody else got five. You may even got one. He ain't going to hold you accountable for that other person's five. He's going to hold you accountable for the one that he gave you because he knew that that's all you could handle. But one can make a difference. One person can make a difference. A lot of the greatest inventions that we have in the world was found about one person. So don't minimize your one gift or your one talent. Amen. Take it and use it for God's glory. Amen. And watch him allow you to flourish in whatever it is he Amen. called you to do. Amen. Brother Latham.
1: Almighty and awesome God, the creator and maker the sustainer of life. Yes. God, first and foremost, God, we want to say thank you. Thank you. We want you to say thank you for allowing us to see another day, God. Yes. yes. The first day of a brand new year, God. Yes, Lord. And God, we say thank you, God. God, we also want to thank you, O oh, Father God, for implanting on us the message, O oh, Father God, to remind us, O oh, Father God, of who you are, God, and who we are within you, God. Yes, Lord. God, everything belongs to you, God. Yes, Lord. And God, so we thank you for that reminder as we embark upon a brand new year. God, we thank you for the vision that you panicked, and reminding us of God that everything belongs to you. And God, we pray right now, God, that you reminded us, oh Father God, that our role in what belongs to you and how we're supposed to do it, God. Yes, Lord. God, you're telling us, oh Father God, to take those abilities that you've entrusted us with, God, and to be good stewards over the things that you've given us us to do on your behalf. Yes,
0: God. Lord.
1: Oh God, we believe that we're ready for the challenge, God. We say glory to your name. Thank Lord. you for reminding us, oh God. Yes, Lord. Uh, hey. <laughs> Thank you for letting us know, God. Yes, Lord. Thank you, God. Yes, Lord. For the opportunity to resist, to represent you into the earth, God. Yes, Lord. Oh God, we're going to take what you reminded us of today and we're going to run with it, God.
0: Yes, Lord.
1: We declare and we decree, God, that we are going to be excellent stewards of what you've given us to do. Yes, Lord. God, right now, before we leave this plague, God, even now, God, we are allowing your Holy Spirit, oh, Father God, to show us. Yes. Make it plain, God. Yes, Lord. What it is that you called us to do, God. God, whatever you gave us, God, we declare and decree. We want it and we will run with it with us. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Thank you, God, yes. on the first day of the year. Remind us what we got to do for the rest of the year. <laughs> ah, glory to your name. Glory to your name. Yes, Lord. Glory to your yes, name, Lord. God. <laughs> Oh bless Oh yeah, we declare you gonna see them. You gonna see a difference in our lives. Oh God, glory Lord. to your name! Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, we're ready for the challenge. Yes, Lord. Glory to your name. Glory yes. to your name. Lord. Yes, Lord.
0: Yes,
1: Lord. Glory to your name. Glory oh, you.
0: to your name. Oh, bless your name, God. Glory to you.
1: God, make it plain to us what it is. Yes, Lord. That you would have us to do. And God, we declare, oh, Father God, we'll focus on what you would have us to do and nothing else, God. Oh, glory to you, nay. Glory to you, nay. God, I just thank you, God.
0: Yes, Lord.
1: For each and every person... That's in the sound of my voice. Yes, Lord. Whether they be in the building or online, God, we thank you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. For how they would embrace, so Father God, their stewardship for 2023.
0: Yes, Lord.
1: God, we thank you for the man of God. Yes, Lord. That's spoken into existing God. Yes, God. God, we will be good stewards of our finances. Yes. We'll be good stewards of our relationships. Yes, Lord. We'll be good stewards of the work conditions that you place us in. Yes, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for your presence on today. Yes, Lord. Thank you for your word on today. And thank you for your people that are assembling your presence today. We're going to run with what we've heard, God.
0: Yes, Lord.
1: It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And the people of God said, amen.
0: Amen. <laughs> amen, amen
1: again.